0: hike to the base of the mountain and go up, over rocks and roots, through mud, then slush, then snow, crossing a stream here and a babble there, only to finally pop above tree line and then above the clouds. Adventure is much more about changing perspective than place. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. The stillness of the winter landscape can be captivating. I often find myself motionless, staring into it as if trying to absorb the tranquility of this dark season into my own busy brain. With the warmth of a fire nearby, matched with the view of frozen calm, I feel perfectly settled in balance, resistant to move on to my next task. That is, until I am surprised out of my trance by a furry brown slinky loping along the riverbank in my periphery. I turn quickly in its direction, but the landscape returned already to stillness. My eyes dart across the ground, trying to catch that brown motion again. Ice on the steep bank crumbles onto the flat surface of the river, and I know that someone is behind it. A small brown head peeks from behind the curtain of ice, then boldly propels its narrow body over and under the ice and snow like a giant inchworm trying to stitch together the loose parts of winter. I am reminded that while this time of year appears to exude stillness with no exceptions, those of us who stay outdoors to make a living must stay moving and busy like that mink. American minks are members of the weasel family, along with otters, fishers, ermines, martens, and others. Unlike our smaller, short-tailed weasels, which turn white in the winter when we call them ermines, minks keep their dark brown coats year-round. These long, thin mammals reach a maximum body length of about 30 inches, including a tail that's about one third the length of their bodies. Minks are usually seen near freshwater or occasionally along the ocean shore. Like their local weasel relatives, minks stay active year round. They are adept swimmers, allowing them to hunt for fish, frogs, and other aquatic animals underwater but like us, they know the value of stocking up food for the winter and taking advantage of a big meal when they can. Minks will cache food in hollow logs, dens, or other hidden places, and apparently have a particular taste for muskrat. I read one account of a mink cache in a hollow snag that included 13 muskrats, two mallard ducks, and one coot, enough for one month of food. We should all aspire to have such a full pantry. Mink fur is especially thick and luxurious, very well adapted to the challenges of winter. If you're a regular thrift store shopper or enjoy perusing the closets of wealthy older relatives, you may just come across an old mink coat as minks have historically been a major part of the fur trade and are still farmed for their pelts in the northern countries of the world. Unfortunately for the native European mink, American minks have escaped some of these farms and have moved into their territory. American minks easily outcompete the less aggressive European minks, whose populations in many places are not doing too well as a result. Over a hundred years ago, the coast and islands of Maine and New Brunswick were home to another species, or possibly subspecies, of mink known as the sea mink. They were larger overall, had redder fur, and much bigger teeth than American minks. They hunted in and around the ocean waters of the Gulf of Maine, as evidenced by bone fragments found in Native American shell middens dating back over 5,000 years. Unregulated hunting and trapping led to the extinction of the sea mink, with the last known sea mink killed near Jonesport, Maine in the late 1800s. Our remaining native mink is elusive, but still possible to find signs of, especially along rivers and streams when there's snow on the ground. This time of year, they are covering a lot of ground to find food, traveling over and under the snow and ice. If you find an entrance or exit hole in the snow near the water, you can measure it to see whether it might be evidence of a mink. They leave holes in the snow that range from one and seven eighths inch to two and one eighth inch. I assure you that watching a mink from afar, or identifying its evidence, is much more satisfying than a mink fur coat. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. If you make an interesting discovery in the winter world, let us know about it. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.